Hi, friends. Welcome to your Age is Not Your Cage with Carla Allen. I have someone here today. I know I'm always excited for my guests, but this one, you guys are going to be blown away. I have Mary Fields with me today, and I learned about Mary back in 2021 through another podcast called Nutrition with Judy. And I was so inspired by Mary and her story and her energy that I had to reach out to her and know her. So Mary is not on a lot of social media. So I was able to get her email through Judy and um, and then we got connected through email. And then from there, Mary and I, uh, we did a phone call and it was at least probably two hours long. We had an instant bond, an instant connection, and we knew that God had something more for us in, in this friendship. So I want to introduce to you Mary Fields, my 80-year-old young, my 80-year young friend, who I promise you, after you listen to her, your fire inside of you will be either ignited or reignited by the passion she has for health and life. So without further ado, here is Mary Fields. Welcome. Thank you, Carla. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> well, <laughs> so who is this person? <laughs> yeah, you deserve every bit of that because it, it was. And I know you and I have talked about it, remembering back when we met. And I even looked back to see when we first connected. I looked through our emails and it was April of 2021. Wow. And I know it seems almost longer, but we just, it was like, in that phone call, we couldn't stop talking. It, we just yeah. knew that it was a divine connection. And it's not like we talk all the time or we're we're on the phone all the time, but we've stayed in touch. And um, I couldn't think of anyone else that I would want on this podcast to help encourage and inspire and just show people that it is never too late. You're never too old to to live your life and change your life. So with that said... Um, I want you to just talk and share and share a brief overview of you, who Mary is, and kind of your health history over the years, and just uh, just talk to our listeners and let them know more about you. Okay. Thank you, Carla. Gosh, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm very honored. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about my health history, because it goes back from birth, really. I mean, uh, my mom said I was born with a runny nose. I didn't remember a time in my life whenever I wasn't wheezing, sneezing, coughing, honking, and blowing. And uh, I I got pneumonia from time to time. I had bronchitis almost constantly, uh, et cetera. As I got older, I developed eczema. I had some really serious digestive issues from the time I was a little girl. And uh, I just kind of learned how to live with all that. I didn't really know what it was like not to be like that. Uh, we didn't go to the doctor a lot. So, you know, I just kind of muddled through. I had home remedies for treating the allergies and stuff. I actually had asthma. It was never diagnosed, but it was pretty clear uh, as I got older that I had had um, asthma. And um, when I was in my late 20s, I started realizing that I wasn't going to get any help from the medical community. It was pretty much... Uh, assumed that most of this was kind of in my head and uh, they didn't know what to do. So I started looking into nutrition. And back then, this was back in the year one. <laughs> <laughs> in the year one. 
<laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Jake said to me one time. I was a nanny one time, and he said, Miss Mary, were you alive when the dinosaurs were here? <laughs> I was like, well, Jake, I'm not, I haven't been alive quite that long. Yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, back in the year one, uh, when there was no internet, so this was in the 70s. Yeah. There was no internet. There was uh, nothing, you know, if you wanted to know something, you either got a set of encyclopedias or you went to the library. And uh, so I subscribed to a magazine called Nutrition Action, and that was really my source to start with. And really, nutrition just wasn't that fashionable. You know, I mean, it was kind of everybody knew how to take care of their health. It, people just weren't sick like they are now. So uh, I started out with Nutrition Action, and then I found out about Adele Davis, and I, I read her books where she ended up dying of cancer. So there you have it. And uh, <laughs> then uh, Maureen Solomon, I followed her for a long time, and I got her books, and they were just kind of my constant point of reference about what to do. And I just started trying things because I really wanted to get well. And by the time I was in 40, I was suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome, I had clinical depression and uh, the eczema had totally taken over. So I don't know how many of your listeners have had eczema, but if you have, you know what I was going through because you're constantly itching. It interrupts your sleep. Uh, it, you look terrible. I had it in my face, at my nose and my ears, mm. on my legs. At one point I had eczema on 75% of my body and the doctor actually wanted to put me in the hospital. And of course, the allergies persisted and got worse. And uh, so I began uh, reading everything I could and learning everything I could about nutrition. And uh, of course, a lot of it was plant-based and some of it really worked well. I got off of sugar. I got off of gluten. Um, and that that relieved the depression immensely. I did take St. John's work for years, which actually helped as well, along with uh, borage oil. But uh, so that took, that got me out of clinical depression, which without having to take medications or anything like that. But um, as I got older in my late 60s and early 70s, I started developing hypertension and that uh, escalated into AFib. I had, I'd had an irregular heart since I was 35 and I had always addressed that with magnesium and it had worked fine, but now it wasn't working as well. So, uh, and by this time I had been on every diet you can possibly imagine. <laughs> I had lost at least a thousand pounds, you know, <laughs> the same 20 and then it's the same 30 and then it's the same 40. And finally, I mean, I got on the scales one day and I weighed over 200 pounds. And, um, so I went on a 40 day fast and, uh, I, I actually, it was like a juice fast and I did that for 40 days and I lost 60 pounds and uh, I kept it off just by pretty much uh, starving myself. I mean, I was very focused on calorie restriction, but I did know about nutrition and I knew to, you know, to eat healthy. So I ate everything organic. I ate very little meat. It was expensive. It had a lot of calories. Of course, we were all told you don't eat any fat. So I just pretty much stayed away from meat, lots of grains, and and I had horrible food allergies. So the list of what I could eat got shorter and shorter and shorter. And I finally ended up in the hospital with um, hypertension and AFib. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was quite an epitome because 
the, doc, the, the nurse came into my room several hours later after they had stabilized me. And he said, in 10 years of practicing as a nurse, I have never seen anyone as healthy as you are at your age. Wow. And I thought, okay, what is wrong with this picture? I have, I'm in the hospital with AFib. I have, I've been diagnosed with uncontrolled hypertension. I have eczema. I have pollen allergies. I have serious digestive issues. I have joint pain. And this man is telling me that I'm healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You're the picture of health. I'm the picture of health. In that and condition. So, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, I, they, did, they, they kept me less than 24 hours and sent me home. And by that time, I had found out about um, a diet called, well, it's not really a diet, but a way of eating called carnivore, which is strictly eating meat. I found out about it from my daughter. I was appalled when she told me, mother, she said, did you know that there are people out there that only eat meat? And I said, that is insane. (laughs) It's dangerous. I had read the China report. I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew in quotes that meat was toxic, that it caused an acidic environment in your body and it would cause cancer. And never mind that ever once in a while, when I was not feeling well at all, I would have a steak and I felt great. And I would think, oh, gosh, this really is too bad that I can't eat this all the time. (laughs) But so anyway, I told her, I said, this is just insane. You know, she said, no, it's really true. She said, there are people that have been carnival for years. And she said, some of them are doctors. So I was just stunned. I mean, this flew in the face of everything I had learned in 40 years of being self-taught about nutrition. Yeah. Well, we're always told anytime you go for high blood pressure or any of those things, it's always avoid the red meat, don't have any salt, get rid of the fats, all the things. And that might be jumping ahead. Maybe we wait. But because my question is, how do you respond to that when people say that to you? Oh. <laughs> is that well, what you do? <laughs> well, I don't. I try not to talk about it too much to people because you tell yeah. people that all you eat is meat, and they just kind of glaze over. Yeah, we rarely ever get to the salt and fat part <laughs> because I love like, it. I remember I told that to somebody at church one time. His 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 wife came up and introduced me because she knew that I was eating meat, and she wanted me to talk to her husband to see if he would consider it. Of course, she was not going to do it. You understand? Yes. And I so I said, you know, I I just eat meat, and he said, "Well, can you have pasta?" <laughs> like. Is that a meat? meat? Is that a meat? And and I said, well, no, that isn't meat. And he said, oh, I could never do without my pasta. Well, that was pretty much the end of the conversation. I mean, Uh, what are you going to do after that? So, yeah. but Well, like I said, I probably jumped ahead because I want to hear once you, you heard about this carnivore from your daughter, how did you start that journey then of getting past, okay, this is strange and no to, okay, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd never heard of such a thing. So obviously I was shocked, but I thought, I, be, I believe I better check this out. See if I can verify this information. Because <laughs> my daughter is a brilliant woman and she's very well read. So, you know, I knew it had to be true, but nevertheless, I wasn't sure I wanted it to be true. So I got on YouTube and I started watching videos. I watched Dr. Ken Berry. I watched uh, Dr. Lisa Wiseman. I watch Judy Cho. Judy, I followed probably the most. She was really 
the, she was the most convincing of them all. Although there was no denying, no denying the evidence because I was seeing and hearing story after story after story of people who had the amazing results from uh, just eating from the animal kingdom. Yeah. And the thing that really shocked me was how good they looked. Their skin was glowing. They were lean. They were vibrant. And I was expecting to see, you know, kind of a salad complexion. And, you know, because I thought only the fruits and vegetables could could make you look that good. But no. So when I was discharged from the hospital, based on the information I had, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it three months. And at the end of the three months, then I will regroup and decide if I'm going to continue. So I went home from the hospital. I called a friend of mine uh, who was uh, primarily vegetarian and ate organic like I did. And I said, get a bunch of boxes and come over here because I'm emptying out my pantry and my freezer and refrigerator. And I, I don't want to throw this food away. So she came over and I gave her hundreds of dollars worth of beautiful food. Did she <laughs> think you grand. lost your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, my daughter was my course, and nobody else in my family is carnivore. Yeah, but she was fine with it. Yeah, they were fine. Like, okay, mom's just doing another thing, and you know, she'll get over this one too. So we'll just <laughs> go along with her. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. She thought I had lost my mind. Uh, never mind that she is now carnivore as well. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love oh, it. Yeah, she's five years younger than me, and she almost died of COVID. And mm. really, I did not think Rebecca would ever come back, but she did. She's she looks phenomenal, and she's getting married. Ah. So you see what can happen. And she's <laughs> and she's five years younger than you. Seventy five, yeah. And she's met this wonderful man, and they're getting married. Oh, so and all, yeah. So and she's just it, just brimming with health. Oh, that's so. I mean, and I have to say on that before we keep going on, one of the first things I said to you when we were talking before we recorded was, "You look amazing." Because I mean, I saw you in the more in the beginning of your journey and I see you now and you do, you look absolutely like glowing. Yeah. It happens when you get off of all the yeah. pretend food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wannabe, yeah. I call it wannabe food. Yeah. Okay. So, so you started your journey. I started my journey on February the 2nd of 2020. Okay. And uh, the first three months were really hard really hard. I did not feel well. I think I had the keto flu. I, I think I was slow getting into ketosis. Uh, I had a lot of diarrhea, which can happen from eating uh, a lot of fat, which is part of the carnivore protocol, especially in the beginning. And um, I, but, but I was off of all meds for hypertension within a few weeks. And after 60 years of eczema, within a couple of months, I had no eczema. That had to be just the most exciting oh my thing gosh. ever. I was like, whatever, you know, I'm going, this, I, I, I was just shocked. Yeah. I, You're I like, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. I was, I was, I was about, I was really about to quit at three months and I had a coach and we had a session and she said, you're doing really well. And she said, around three months is usually when you turn the corner. And she was absolutely right. I started feeling better. Now I had 30 pounds I wanted to lose because I had gained 30 pounds in a year. 
And uh, I wasn't sure why, but it just jumped on me. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how it does that, right? (laughs) I really think what happened was I had, I had read that you should eat fat, that it was good for you. And of course I loved butter. So I started putting butter on everything. And when you put butter with a lot of carbs, which even though they're healthy carbs, they're still carbs. You know, you burn the carbs and you store the fat. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I stored the fat. So I had 30 pounds I wanted to lose. And the first two weeks I was on carnivore, I had lost uh, five pounds and then I gained it back. And there was no weight loss. Now, the good news was my weight was not continuing to go up because prior to that, every time I got on the scales, I weighed a little bit more. So that stopped. But I did not lose any weight for probably a year and a half, close about a year. I think about a year and I started losing weight. Was that discouraging to you or were you feeling like you felt great? So you're like, okay, I want to keep going. Well, one of the things that happened from watching Judy is I began to understand very early in that this was not a weight loss program. Yes. This was a way of eating to nourish my body and to restore my health. And that when my body was ready, it would drop the weight. So I just let go of that. I quit weighing all the time and I just let it go. I thought, you know what? At that time, I was 77. I thought I'm 77 years old. And, you know, it's not really that big a deal one way or the other. And we're just going to, I'm just going to give my body a chance to do its thing. And we'll see what happens. And so about, I would say close to a year in, I started losing weight and I did, I lost 19 pounds and then I gained 14. Now, now the interesting thing about the weight was that even though I wasn't losing weight, I kept getting smaller. So I went down, I went down a whole size without losing any weight at all. And then when I began to lose weight, I went down to my what was my normal size, even though I weighed about 10, 10 pounds more, I'd lost almost 19 pounds, but I was at the size I was when I weighed 10 pounds less than that. Mm. So you're, you're losing more. I mean, your clothes are fitting different. I'm assuming. Yeah. You're, yeah. yeah, You're losing the the things on your body that, that just naturally almost went, you know? Well, what happens is you become a fat burner. You go from being a carb burner to a fat burner. So, and, and because you're eating protein, you're developing muscle. So your 10 pounds of muscle is considerably smaller than 10 pounds of fat. So I was burning the fat and then, and then developing muscle, which when you're 80 is really good. Yes. Because normally when people are in my age, they're losing muscle, which is, is a health risk. So, uh, yes, I have gained, I've gained a lot of muscle. I really have. I even have muscles in my, now don't misunderstand me. I'm not going to enter a contest for you know, <laughs> yeah. bodybuilding. We're, we're not looking for you in that yet. That could no, be next. That could no, be I next. don't think so. <laughs> but I have never really had muscles in my arms. I have muscles in my arms now. And, uh, I have buns of steel. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've heard you, I've heard you talk about that before that now yep. at 80, you have buns of steel. And I that, do. I, I'm trying to remember. Didn't you talk about like you've learned when you walk to, to squeeze your you squeeze your butt? Yeah, I remember you talking you about make that your before. butt do the work. Yeah. If you do that, it takes all of the pressure off your knees. Yeah, 
Well, and so that's I, how I got my buns of steel. I bet a lot of 80 year olds don't have buns of steel. I bet they don't. <laughs> I, would, I would be shouting that from the rooftops. <laughs> oh, you know how when you get old, you get a really flat butt? Yes. And I had a really flat butt. Not anymore. <laughs> I love it. See, there's something Not to anymore. toot your horn about. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. So it's very good to have the muscle because yeah. it really it helps protect. Oh, for sure. If, if you have a fall or something like that, it, it helps to protect you. So, yeah. And, um, and then just recently in the last... Well, actually, I ended up, um, I actually went to the doctor because I, I needed to get do some PT. I, I totally, totally, totally overdid it. I won't go into all the details, but for months on end, you know, painting and uh, redoing furniture and decorating and pushing and pulling and lifting and all that. And I just wrecked my back. So I ended up having to go to PT and I had to go to the doctor to get a referral and they weighed me. And I was shocked because I had lost, I was showing 15 pounds lighter. Uh, so, and then I did weigh today. So I I've lost 22 pounds and it just keeps coming off. So yeah. I guess I've finally gotten to that point where, you know, my body feels like it's safe after everything I put it through all those years of all the yo-yo dieting and every diet and the feast or famine and all of that. And after three and a half years, it's like, okay, we're okay. Now we can, we can drop the rest of the weight. Yeah. So my, I'm going down another size smaller than I was before I gained the weight in originally. Well, and I know for you, it, it, it hasn't always been just about, I want to lose weight. I know for you, it's about how you feel and what's going on in the inside. And I think that's important to note too, because yeah, I think the weight for you is a bonus. That's great because you know, your body's doing what it's supposed to, but knowing you and um, I know that the fact that the things, the blood pressure, the eczema, all the things that have become a thing of the past, those are the things that truly matter to you. So sh share all the areas where you have seen like you uh, just either drastic improvement or elimination of those um, things that there, you used to deal with. Everything's gone that I dealt with. So wow. the digestive issues are gone. I mean, if I get really uh, nervous or um, distressed, getting under stress, which doesn't happen very often, but if I do, then it's over. I mean, my gut, everything goes right to the gut. And, you know, then we have uh, unmentionable symptoms. Yes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, of course, the eczema has been gone all this time now, three years and the hypertension. I don't have any issues with hypertension at all. If anything, my blood pressure gets a little low sometime. Uh, and uh, I used to be hypoglycemic. So, you know, that means you have to eat every two or three hours and you've got to be constantly balancing your, your blood sugar and all that. I don't have any of that anymore. Uh, certainly no depression uh, of any kind, really good mood. I sleep really well. I have good sustained energy. I mean, I don't wake up every morning feeling like I can leap tall buildings, but almost every morning. Yeah. So, you know, I have days when I get tired and I don't feel a hundred percent. But uh, I think we all have days like that. You know, if you've been overdoing for a while, which is my biggest challenge, is to try to pace myself because I do have a lot of energy and I have a lot of things I want to do. So yeah. <laughs> occasionally I have to throttle back for a day and just kind of take it easy. And But good sustained energy, good sleep, 
just, I just feel, I feel really well. Yeah. Well, tell our listeners, like, what is a typical day look like for you as far as just your, your nutrition, your, what you eat, what you're doing for exercise, what you do for fun, just what does a typical day for an 80 year old Mary Fields look like? (laughs) You want me to go get my calendar? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you said exercise because that is so important and I do enjoy exercising. So I get out and walk every day. Uh, I walk a couple of miles, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. It just depends. And, uh, I live in an area where there's a lot of hills and I like to walk the hills. So it's a great workout. And, and I just really like being outside and in, you know, communing with nature, so to speak. Yes. So I do walk and then I do some, like I do squats, I do sit-ups or push-ups, but not like, you know, a 15 year old boy would do. I do, I use the counter for to, to do the push-ups, or I can get on my knees and do push-ups. And with the squats, I still hold on when I do them, just because I want to make sure I'm keeping my balance. I can do them without it, but I feel like I get a better workout if I'm actually holding on to the counter. So I do those. Um, I do stretching exercises. My sister's coming to spend a month with me. She does yoga. I'm going to learn yoga. I think that's because she's phenomenal. She's 77 and you would never know it. And she, her posture is so great. Her balance, everything. She's just in really excellent health. So um, I'm very excited about learning yoga. So I feel like, you know, it's really, really important for everybody to get exercise for many reasons. I mean, it's good for your mood. It pumps your lymphatic system because that's what takes the trash out. And, you know, it doesn't, your heart has a pump, your lymphatic system doesn't. So getting out and walking and, or biking or, you know, whatever you're going to do is going to pump that lymphatic system. And uh, like I said, it's good for your mood. So it's really important for people to exercise and to do something a little more than just uh, walking. But especially if you have listeners that are older and have not been exercising for a while, then you need to start slow and work up. I learned that the hard way. If you just get out there and start doing stuff that maybe you haven't done in 10 years, you have a good chance of injuring yourself. Then you've got a setback and you've got to wait till you heal before you can start again. Right. So it's, I, I stopped exercising for seven years, which was a huge mistake. I was in ministry and I just didn't have time. I was traveling all the time. It just couldn't be done. So when I started back again, I started really, really slow. I just started walking around the block very slowly. Yeah. And then well, I, I think that's such there. a good point to make because um, I, I think any age that applies, if you haven't been doing anything, start slowly, take baby steps and, and work up to that. Because if you go into it all out, maybe like you used to, or maybe you see someone and you're like, oh, I want to be like them, or you go to the gym and you're like intimidated or whatever, and you want to lift as much as they are, and then you get injured and then you're you're back to ground zero and maybe discouraged to even try again. Exactly. And when you're yeah. older, anytime you have a setback like that, it's going to take longer to recover. Yes. Your body does not bounce back like it did when you were in your 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Or 30s. Yeah. So so that's just something to keep in mind because it does take longer to recover when you're older. 
Okay. So go back to, you love to exercise. So we're walking through your day, you go walking. And then what does it look like for you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book that will be out in the next few months. Woo, so, how exciting. This is my second book. So, um, the first book is free. I give it away to anybody who wants it. And it's just my story of how I came to faith in Christ and my life as a Christian. And this book is about my carnivore journey. So some of the things we're talking about today will be in the book, but they'll I'll have extemporized much more on them. That is so exciting. So, yeah. so when, when do you know when that will be released? I'm hoping to have it finished by November. Okay. And I, it looks like that's actually going to happen because I schedule a time to write every day, five days a week. Okay. So, oh my gosh. I'm so excited because so, yeah. I didn't know you were doing that. So I'm going to be one of your biggest fans and promoters. So well, thank you have, you. To, you thank have you. to let me know. Thank be you. posted. I'm going to self-publish because when you publish through a publisher, they own your book. Yeah. And I want to own my book. Yeah. And I, I, I want to do my own editing and have in there what I want in there. So I'm self-publishing just like I did with my first book. And uh, it'll probably be an ebook. I don't think I'm going to try to do a hard copy. That's been really successful with my other book. Anybody who wants it, I just put it in an email and send it to them. I have a suggestion. Can you do it as an uh, audible type book where you, because your voice and your energy, I think would give it like so much life. Well, that's, thank you. That's a good suggestion. And I may consider doing that after I get the ebook out. Yeah. Then we could, we could look into it in audio. Yeah. Cause that could go out uh, through the web as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, and, and with me self-publishing, it will make it very affordable. Yes. So anyway, and anybody who buys my book will get a free copy of the other book. Okay. Awesome. Or anybody who wants my other book, it's called Forged in the, in the Crucible of Life. It's free and all they have to do is email me and I'll send them a copy. And and we're going to put all this information in the show notes. So I'll put the name of the book and we're ha- we'll have your email too. So anyone that wants a copy of that, they can email you uh, yeah, for that. Good. So, right. okay. So you're uh, exercising, so, writing a book. I'm writing a book. So I get up in the morning and uh, I, I don't set an alarm. So to me, that's a treat. Yes. <laughs> I lived by the alarm for most of my life. So I don't set an alarm. I get up when I'm ready, which is, I found out I'm nocturnal. I didn't used to be, but I am now. So I'm usually not up before eight or eight 30. And then I get up in the mornings. And the first thing I do is have all of my prayer time and Bible reading and all of that. That's before breakfast, before, not before coffee. I do drink decaffeinated coffee, but before everything, that's the first thing I do. And then after breakfast, I, I go for a walk. And then from there, I just do the rest of my day, whatever it is, which which includes the writing. Um, I do a precepts Bible study. So I do that. And, you know, you just have your usual things that mm-hmm. you do every day with yeah. your getting together with friends. And I do all my own housework. I'm pretty fastidious housekeeper. So I like to do my own housework. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, I come and- do mine. I don't enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> I would love Most that. People- most people don't, but I do. And my sisters do too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then okay, I just so regularly after that, you know. Share what your typical meals look like in a day. Uh, I'm on a budget. So I want to just 
preface this because how I do carnivore is one way. Yes. And many people who are on carnivore do not do what I do. They like more variety. They like to cook more. And so don't take this as well. If I'm going to try this, then this is what I have to do. So, well, and, I, and, and you make a good point that I did want to point out too, because it's, it's like you, you have to go do your research. You have to do the legwork. You have to figure out what it is that works for you because we're all individual. And just because what you do doesn't mean, Oh, Mary eats this. Let me write it down because I'm going to do that. You have to do your due diligence. If you want to check into this, to do like the things you did. Exactly. And yeah. I do go over that in my book. And, you know, the, the thing about anything you're going to do that has to do with a lifestyle change to improve your health has got to be sustainable. Yes. So you've got to find out what you can do that's going to work for you and then do that. So for me, uh, I don't live to eat. I eat to live. It hasn't always been that way, but it is now. I enjoy my food, but you know, when I finish a meal, I think I should be really nice if I didn't have to eat again until tomorrow. But I do eat three times a day. So I generally have um, a meat patty for breakfast. Now I buy expensive meat. I get all my meat from a local rancher. Really, the price difference is not that different anymore because the price of meat has gone up so much in the grocery store. But I prefer grass-fed, grass-finished beef. So and pastured uh, uh, pork and pastured chicken and all of that. So I spend more money on, on, uh, food than you have to, because I know people that they buy their meat at Costco or they go to target and get what's on sale or Walmart or wherever they shop. And it's fine. They do great on it. So, but, uh, I, this is how I've chosen to do it. So, uh, a meat patty sounds boring, but not if it's my meat patty. <laughs> <laughs> what is your meat patty? Oh, it's, uh, it's grass-fed, grass-finished. And I get the 70-30 because I like a lot of fat and it you know, gives a lot of flavor. And that's what I eat for breakfast. And I have a I have decaffeinated coffee with butter in it. And uh, then at lunch, I either have pork chops or roast beef or another meat patty. And then at dinner, I have pork belly which I love. It's a, it's, it's bacon, but okay. this is uncured pork belly. So it doesn't have any of the seasonings or anything in it. I just season it with salt. The only seasoning I use is salt. That's all I like or all I want. But for everybody else who likes seasoning, there's a plethora of seasonings out there that will work fine on carnivore. You just don't want to buy stuff that has a lot of fillers in it, has sugar in it, that kind of stuff. I mean, you don't, you can't, for example, ketchup would not be a good option because there's a lot of sugar in ketchup. So yeah, occasionally I eat cheese. I like um, raw goat cheese. So I eat cheese occasionally and a lot of eggs, I eat four or five eggs a day. That's Where do I you have. put that? Is that at breakfast or anytime during That's the at day? Dinner. I usually eat that for dinner. For dinner. Yeah. 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 Supper. And, and, you know, I think when people hear this, that they're not familiar with the concept, it's probably back. It's kind of like back when you heard it, they're going, but where's like the mashed potatoes with the meat or where's the pasta or where, no, or even better yet, where's the salad? She's not eating vegetables or where's her fruit? I mean, it is, it's a hard concept to grasp. But the, the thing to remember is that there's a lot more variety in meat than I'm choosing to eat. 
There's lamb, which I don't eat because it's very expensive. I do have steak occasionally. I had a steak for lunch today. So when I get my meat order, I order enough meat so I can have a steak once a week. So um, I do do that. But there's lamb, there's chicken, there's turkey, there's fish, there's venison, uh, there's veal, there's there's all kinds of other things you can eat besides just mostly beef and pork. I love pork chops and I do have pork chops. I forgot to put that in. So sometimes at lunch I have roast, sometimes I have pork chops. But that's that's what I eat. And I'm fine with that. It works great for me. I enjoy my meals. I don't get bored with it. Uh, and it's easy. You just throw it in the cast iron skillet and cook it and then you eat it. Yeah. So it's, or you put the roast in the oven. So it's really easy. But I just can't emphasize enough that anyone who's listening to this and thinks they might want to start carnivore should um, really look into it because there are lots of people out there on YouTube who have wonderful recipes and, you know, for meatballs. And I even saw something for carnivore bread the other day. It's all made with meat and there's carnivore muffins. There's uh, all different ways to cook steaks and, and various cuts of meat. So you can really, if you like to cook and you like a lot of variety, you can get that with carnivore. Right. You don't have to, to do it like I'm doing it. Well, and I'll also include information too in the show notes, like on Judy's uh, Nutrition with Judy podcast. Her book was absolutely incredible. Uh, the carnivore, uh, carnivore cure. I have a hard time spitting that out. Um, but that was one. I mean, if you want detailed information uh, and you really want to learn that, that book was just phenomenal. Um, well, and I think she's doing a second edition on that book. And she also yeah. has a new book coming out called uh, Carnivore for Beginners. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, so. and, you know, with that said, I've done my research into a lot of carnivore. I've done um, what I would call close to, to carnivore. And I don't follow that same detail plan anymore, but I was using it during a time period. And I love learning about every different food and not, I, I don't want to say diet because I'm not about diets. Um, I'm about the lifestyle and that's sustainable and the things that work for your body. And yes. I know I'm like you, I love a good steak. I love a good burger. I, you know, it's, I feel better when I'm eating a lot of foods like that. And, um, and I think judging by, by those that are watching this on YouTube, seeing you, they'll be going, wow. I mean, she looks amazing. Um, at 80 years old and like, and I, I don't say that from a beauty standpoint, I, I say it from a healthy, like a healthy glow, even though you're beautiful, but just a healthy glow. And I think that speaks for itself for you, you know, and for your health. And also, as we segue into that, I want to talk about, I think what's so important is your mindset. And I know for you and I, we are both so passionate about um, as we age and your mindset and how we talk about ourselves and how we talk to others and and setting an example for the generations coming behind us that you don't have to be afraid of aging. You don't have to look perfect and all the things. And I know you're as passionate about it as I am. And if we're not speaking life and truth over ourselves, um, 
we're only going to feel as good as what we're saying about ourselves. That's right. That's right. Our words. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So when we speak, we're either speaking life or we're speaking death. Yeah. And that and then everything, everything moves in that direction. What you meditate on becomes what you say. What you say becomes what you do. What you do uh, determines your character and your character determines your destiny. So all of that starts with what you're meditating. What are you murmuring to yourself about day in and day out? Because that's what is going to come out of your mouth. And that is going to set your course. And that's true no matter what age you are. Very important. It is. And I always, always just emphasize to my coaching clients and stuff about that too, about if you're constantly telling yourself, I can't do this, or I don't, I can't eat that, or I don't look good or whatever it may be, start putting up sticky notes, do whatever it takes to keep reminding yourself um, who you are in Christ, who you are just as a woman, what are the, the things you want? Because your brain believes what you tell it. And if you're constantly telling it that, oh, I look awful or I'll never do this or whatever it is for you, um, it begins to believe it. And and when we pour that life and truth in, what a difference it makes. And to pour in gratitude is also a, a huge thing. You know, every day, the first things I do is just thank God for the day in my body. And especially like you, when I go walk, I'm like, thank you that I can walk, that my legs and feet are working, that I can listen to the birds. And uh, it's just giving that thanks. And it just changes that mindset. Yes, it does. Very, very important. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we could just kind of segue into this, because uh, this is something that you can, if you're not doing it now, This is something you can start no matter what your age is. So uh, I would like to just talk a little bit about what it's like to get older and how we can really have a vibrant life at 80 and 90 and 100, however long we live. Is that okay? Can we we talk about that? You know it. (laughs) You know, I am all about that because I wanted you for sure to be able to talk about this because I think people need to hear from um, women your age at 80 years old. They need to hear these things and know that, wow, this is not the time to give up. I've still got a lot of life to live. Even if I am 80, that doesn't mean I'm done. That's That's exactly right. If you're here, you're not done. Yeah, that's right. Whatever age you are, if you're here, you're not done. And and our presence here on the earth with the years that we have lived and the things that we have learned are a contribution. And I realize we are living in a culture where there is stigma attached to people being older, but we do not have to accept that. So I think that's the beginning. And the thing that I realized is that I think a lot of times when we get older, I know this happened to me when I was 60. I had an epiphany because I realized when I hit 60, okay, you are now considered to be older, Mary, (laughs) whether you like it or not. And what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I I had a talk with myself and said, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Are you going to just uh, let your world get smaller and smaller and and sit around and wait to die? Or are you going to do something with the years that you have left? So that's how it kind of started for me. 
But what does happen when we get older is we realize we are coming to the end of our life. We don't know when that is, and we don't know how we're going to die, but we know it's going to happen. Nobody gets out of here alive. So uh, I think when, when we get older, a lot of times we think about, you know, we, we become more focused on how, how our body's doing because every time a symptom comes up, we wonder, is this going to be it? You know, what's the diagnosis going to be? And is this going to be it? And, uh, and what's this going to mean about the rest of my life? And uh, so it's the fear of dying and of the unknown that, that can trap us into a, a place where our world does get very small and we begin to feel like we're insignificant. So, the, you know, the first thing I like to say to people who are older is you got to come to terms with the fact that you're going to die. And you've got to make peace about that. And that's a very, that was a very simple thing for me because I'm a Christian and I have total and complete confidence about my, my life after I leave this earth. I'm not dying. My body is going to give up at some point or I'm just going to leave. But because I can't take this body with me when I go, but the rest of me is going on. And that's true for everybody. We are eternal beings. So we are going to live forever one place or the other. So that is something that every single person has to face and come to terms with. And once you do that and you can make peace with the fact that you're leaving at some point, then you can begin to look at your life and decide how you're going to spend the rest of your life. Do you want to spend the rest of your life being sick and not feeling well and, and feeling depressed and feeling left out and all the things that can happen when we get older? Or do you want to try to make something of your life? Because you can. You Just because we're older, it doesn't mean that we don't set goals. I have all kinds of goals. I had health goals, which I've now achieved. And just to, to throw this in, if you are in good health when you're older, these really are your best years. When you've lived 80 years, you've learned some things. You've come to terms with, with who you are and who you're not. And you've learned some things and you can navigate life in a way that I had no clue about when I was 20 or 30 or even 40. So uh, these really can be the best years of your life. And of course, you get to retire. And that means that you don't retire from life. You just retire from the workforce. And now you have time to be able to do a lot of things that maybe you've always wanted to do, but you've never had the opportunity because you've been busy being a mother or the dad and, you know, you're supporting the family and raising the children and doing all those things. So uh, that alone was motivation for me. I mean, I made up my mind years ago because I was a uh, live in house manager and caregiver for a dementia patient for eight years. And this woman was extremely wealthy. She could have done anything. I mean, we're talking great wealth. And she chose to spend the last days of her life literally sitting in front of a, a television watching movies. That's all she did. She had dementia. And, uh, it, of course, it progressed. And she just, she lost some of the best years of her life. And I saw what it did to her family. And I made up my mind then that I was not doing that to my family, that I did not have total control over everything concerning my life 
but that they were going to know that I did everything I could to take care of myself and be a healthy, vibrant mom right up to the very last. And that was really one of the things that really set my course. I was in my fifties then. And I mean, I set my course on that and it's, and I've accomplished it now. It's Mm. taken a long time, but, but I've actually been able to do it. So, uh, you know, you got to come to terms with the fact that you are going to die and then you need to make a decision about what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I absolutely love that. (laughs) How can you make a contribution? You know, this doesn't mean that you have to have a stage and a microphone or that you've got to be running for public office or, you know, the owner of some big business. Or It means that on a day-to-day basis, I can go out the door and give somebody a smile. That alone can make somebody's day, especially if it's somebody you don't even know. You know, if you're at the grocery store, at the gas station. And, you know, that they're they're just you find all different kinds of ways to help contribute to people's lives and and lift them up. To me, that's that's what real living is all about is Mm -hmm. what you could what what can we do for somebody else? How can what we know and what we have? uh, Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. uh, How can we know? uh, How can we be a contribution to them? Yeah. And what do we want to achieve in our lives? So this is what has motivated me to write the book and uh, to do things like this podcast and and then just to, to be a good neighbor. To uh, I, I am very fortunate to be in a family where we all really love each other and enjoy being together. So we have a lot of wonderful family times together. We're making great memories. Uh, my sisters are are they're like I am. I mean, we're all very determined to live out our days, enjoying our lives and, and being a blessing to other people. And just to overcome the stigma of what it means to be older, because there is no stigma to that. It's really God's gift to us that we have been allowed to remain here during these years and to find out what is his desire for us? What is the contribution he wants us to make? For me, my passion has been for 40 years, nutrition and the Lord. And God has just found a way to, uh, uh, oh gosh, I am so sorry. I don't, I thought I had turned my phone off, but I guess I didn't. Um, anyway, to, to, uh, God has made a way for me and given me a platform where he's brought those two together. I didn't have to make that happen. He made that happen for me and he'll do that for everyone. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't have said any of that any better. And it's so powerful because women, men, everybody needs to hear this. And I, I have seen a little bit of a shift in, in women my age and up where they're not settling as much anymore. There's, there's more outspoken women saying no more. We are not a throwaway. We do matter. We still have a lot to say. I'm 58. And it makes me think about for you when you said 60 is when you kind of had the epiphany and thinking about it. And I've done more now in my 50s than I I did before. I'm more energized now to do more and to help women 
to learn and to realize we are not a washed up generation. We are not uh, something to toss away and discard like we don't matter. We are, we matter and we have something to say and we can, uh, we can still do new things. We can set goals. Most of the women I've met my age and older are setting more goals than the women I know that are younger. And so I, I think that there is a shift and maybe it's just with the people I surround myself with. I don't know, but I am hopeful, prayerful that there is a shift and that the younger people coming behind us get on board too and say, yes, I want to do what they're doing. And I'm not going to let our world, our culture uh, tell me that I'm old and I can't do anything and I don't matter because it's a lie. It's a lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, these can be the best years of your life. And really part, part of the agenda for me is just to combat the stigma that is attached to being older. So I don't take offense. Like uh, I was at the chiropractor not long ago and we were looking at my x-rays and he said something about, well, it's, you know, you are, and he didn't want to say it. And I said, I'm older, right? And he said, yes. And I said, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I like being 80. Yeah. So, you know, we, we don't have to get adversarial about it, but we can be an example. And, you know, I just want to add that uh, for everybody who's listening, who is older, if you're not in good health, it isn't too late to heal. It really is not too late to heal. So you can start right now. Because that's where you begin. Being in good health is fundamental and foundational if you want to be vibrant and, and be active. But do what you can with what you've got right now. And that, you know, the component to that, the, the diet is important. What you're swallowing is going to determine many things about your health, but not everything. Because the other side of that is your attitude. And, and as you were talking about later, uh, earlier, your gratitude and what comes out of your mouth and what you're meditating on, how you see yourself and how you see others. When people don't feel well, it is, it affects you mentally. It affects you emotionally. It affects your ability to relate to other people. It kind of drives your life. So you can begin right now with uh, a determination to change the way you're thinking, the way you're seeing yourself, uh, and also to change whatever you're doing in your life that is perpetuating the situation you're in right now. And you're not going to be able to do it all overnight. You may have to do it in steps. You know, when I started uh, changing what I ate, I didn't just you know, one day just jump off the wagon or on the wagon, cold turkey. I started with, first I got rid of the Diet Cokes. Then I got rid of the sugar. Then I got rid of the chocolate. And I just kind of took it step by step by step. I mean, if you're the kind of person who can go cold turkey, then yeah, go ahead. But uh, if you're not, then just start with something and and get a support group. Get get a good coach like like Carla. And get a group that you can get with who can support you in what you're doing yeah. and, and, and come along beside you, pray for you and encourage you yeah. and, and, you know, help you make decisions about how you're going to navigate it. Well, and it is, it's, 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 
It's that that one step. Write down one thing you could do right now. And then tomorrow, one more thing. And you'll find the more you keep adding something, all of a sudden you're like, wow, look at all these things I'm doing. And and you'll be amazed at the new habits yes. that you create from just, just one step. And, and, and so, for people that are older and retired, I mean, the question is, well, why not? What else do you have to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was kind of the way I felt. I mean, I didn't retire until I was 78, but I wasn't working full time. I was only working 20 hours a week. But still, the question was, well, you know, what what is my reason for not doing this? Because it's not because I don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do have the time. I have time now to spend as much time as I need in my prayer life and my Bible study. I have time to to do as much walking as I want to do. And a lot of times, by the time I get up in the morning and get through my routine of uh, the Bible study, the breakfast, to clean the kitchen, go for the walk and do all that, it's almost noon or afternoon. Well, that's fine. You know, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it makes me think of a saying that my son always has said, um, and it's, if not now, when? When? And don't wait until until it's too late to do that when, and, you know, it just makes me think of my dad who is in the the final stages of Alzheimer's and all the things that he wished he had done, you know, because it was, it's, it's that waiting. Um, And it's like, don't wait. I mean, if not now, when it's never too late to start and you're never too old. I mean, period. Right. That is Um, exactly right. And so I'm going to wrap that up with asking you, even though you've already pretty much shared this, but you can kind of confirm it. I always ask because the name of the podcast is Your Age is Not Your Cage. What are you doing that is not keeping your age from holding you back? You've already shared a good bit with your book and your yoga. Is there any or wanting to learn yoga? Anything you want to add to that that you're doing that is that is uh, keeping you from letting your age hold you back. There's nothing going on in my life that's preventing me from doing anything. Amen. Because it does, the Bible tells us with God, all things are possible. So you have to remember that, you know, I mean, uh, I get a plan, I get a vision, I get a plan, but I don't allow myself to be limited to what I think can, I can do based on, you know, whatever the situation is at the present time, because I know with God, all things are possible. Mm. So really, uh, I will say this, you know, I think as we develop our spiritual life, and especially as Christians, when we are praying and we are developing our relationship with the Lord and we are staying in the word, and this is how we get to know the Lord is by staying in the word, then God is going to lead us. And he's going to 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 give us a vision for what he wants us to do and how he wants us to be in in these days in our life. And so that's my key is to always be listening and watching to see. And just I have a saying, bloom where you're planted. Hmm. So just every day, get up in the morning with a determination that you're going to get the very most out of that day. Yeah. And and then just go for it. Mm make make the most of it. Yeah. And you know, surround yourself with people who love you and and uh can support you in what you're doing and uh learn how to say no to the people who don't. You can say no in love 
have good boundaries and uh, just make the most of every day. And that's beautiful. And don't and don't be afraid of dying. And, and you know, I'm going to throw this in. Now, this is pretty radical. So <laughs> you might want to take this out. But you know, see, here's what I I I'm convinced about uh, is that you don't have to be sick to die. You can live your life, you know, that we know from the word from uh, Psalm 139 that there was a book written about us in heaven. They had a meeting about us before we were ever conceived or born. And they wrote a book. God wrote a book about us, about everything that he had planned for our lives. And so we know that there is a number for our days. We know from uh, we know that for the children of Israel who were in the desert, they were given 70 years. But then we also know that we are given 120 years. So we know we have at least that much time. And uh, but my feeling is that we live our life to the fullest. And when we know we are done, we can leave. That's what my grandfather did. I was told my great grandfather that he uh, I think he was uh, in his 90s. He got up, walked the farm like he always did in the morning, had his breakfast, called the family, got in bed, said, I'm done and I'm leaving, pulled up his knees and left. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I know um, a minister's wife who did the same thing. She was at breakfast. She was older. I think she was in her 80s. And um, she said to her husband, turn off the music. The angels are here. And she left. I know another minister who uh, said when he when he was ready to go, he wanted to uh, be eating strawberries and cream. I think it was. And he was he was at the and he wasn't sick. It was just time for him to go. So my feeling is you don't have to be afraid that something bad is going to happen to you. And that's how you're going to die. That you 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 can. You can research this on your own and make your own decision about this. But my my feeling is that when I'm ready to go, I'm going to know it. And I will say goodbye and leave that I don't have to ever be sick again hmm. for and the rest of my life. And, and I'm not you're not ready to go. <laughs> no, I am not done. No, I'm not even close. No, not even close. So but. uh but when the time comes for me to leave, I don't believe it will be because I've, I'm sick, that that's what's taking me out. I think I can live a vibrant, healthy life right up until the last day I'm here. And then when it's time and I'm done and I'm ready to go on, then I will. Hmm. Well, I'm believing it with you and I want you around for a long time so you can keep <laughs> guiding and mentoring me and and so many others out there. And I am just so glad that we were able to make this happen and get together and share your journey and your stories and your your just your energy and your passion. And I'm, I'm just anxious for people to get a hold of your books and um, just follow along with you. And so I will include everything in show notes and get in touch with you. And I just thank you so much for being here with me. This was so special. I feel like we were just kind of on our own conversation on the phone, like, you know, usual. Like, like usual, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just let a few people listen in this yeah. time. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. 
Well, thank you, Carla, so much for having me. I've loved it. I feel like we're just getting started. I know. Well, so we'll have to do it again sometime. I was going to say, I, I love follow-up, so we can we can do it again. I'm sure we have many other topics we could cover. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I, do you want me to give you my email address? or You can tell it on here, and I'll also put it in the show okay. notes. So you can reach me now. This is very old-fashioned because I'm okay. really not on social media. But at Mary F, as in Frank, 316 at hotmail.com mary f 316 at hotmail.com perfect so anybody who wants my book uh, on my life in christ it's free and i'll send it to you just email me uh, okay awesome well i will have that in there and then uh maybe when the book releases we'll do another follow-up then too very good i okay. like that all right okay. i love you friend thank love you. you too carla thank okay. you okay all right bye